The following is a special presentation of Western New York Catholic Audio. Hello, I'm Sister Roberta Fulton, Director of Culture Diversity for the Catholic Diocese of Buffalo. November marks Black Catholic History Month in the United States, and through Western New York Catholic Audio, we are celebrating the month with a special podcast miniseries. This episode focuses on the recent revival held at St. Martin de Porres Church in the city of Buffalo. The revival held on October 21st and 22nd, 2023, was titled Stoking the Flame. Father Anthony Bozeman is a priest with the Society of St. Joseph of the Sacred Heart who grew up in Philadelphia but now resides in Washington, D.C. And in keeping with the theme of stoking the flame, Father Anthony Bozeman was quite fired up in his two-part address to those in attendance. In this episode, we offer excerpts from part one of his address, which also utilized the music ministry who performed during the morning session of the revival. I encourage you to take some time and listen. We continue our praise, begin our prayers, we do all good things. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Let every head be bowed and every eye closed as we communicate with our God. Loving God, we just say thank you. Somebody say thank you. Thank you for giving us a, another opportunity to come together to give you glory, honor, and praise. Thank you for the gift of revival, the opportunity to be renewed, restored, revived, and ready to live up to who we are and whose we are. Lord, we ask you as we come together for this revival, that we will truly have a moment where we are stoking the flame, the flame of your joy, the flame of your peace, the flame of your grace, the flame of your mercy, the flame of your compassion, the flame of justice, the flame of love. All that is embodied in the one who is Jesus the Christ. Lord, we ask you at the, at, that in this special revival, on this mountaintop, you, your spirit will move, continue to move that that ruah, everybody say ruah. ruah. That spirit will fall afresh on each and every one of us, from the top of our heads to the bottom of our feet. Lord, we ask that spirit leave this physical space and touch those who may be on their way. And touch those youth that should have been here for the choir this morning. Amen. And touch those, uh, uh, those adults that should have been here that needed the spirit to fall afresh on them. Lord, we want this to be a mighty, mighty opportunity to give you glory, honor, and praise. Because we recognize when the praises go up, the blessings come down. So we give you praise, Lord, not for your aggrandizement but for your glory, that we will be lifted up and we will st stoke the flame and continue to 
share your, your gifts with one another freely, recognizing that it doesn't matter about the number because you started with 12. And we ask you to bless this number, this remnant, make it fruitful and making a divine cloth, a cloth that will be asbestos free so they can burn in the flame of joy, the flame of peace, the flame of love. We thank you, Lord, for giving us this opportunity in that name that is above every other name, that name when it's heard the devil cringes, that name that is sweet to our ears, that name that brings renewal, that name that brings restoration, that name that brings revival, that name that is Jesus. 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 There's something about the name of Jesus. And when folk hear it, we know that everything is going to be all right. We bring all this to you in that name. Jesus the Christ, our Savior, our Lord, our all in all. Let all God's people say. Amen. Let's say amen again. Amen. Let them hear you on I-95. Amen. Amen. Let's be seated, please. You can give the Lord a hand clap of praise while you're sitting down. How are we doing today, church? Good. Well, as Sister Roberta said, I will talk, talk about myself, about my bio as I present the homily, which I really will not do much about because the only thing you need to know is that uh, all of you who already know me, that I'm on fire for the gospel of Jesus the Christ. Right. And, and, and I'm on fire. Amen. You can give the Lord a hand clap. You don't have to give me a hand clap. Uh, because as we said in the prayer, when the praises go up, the blessings come down. So every opportunity you should get, you should be on your feet giving the Lord a hand clap of praise because I don't know about you, but I need a blessing. I, and I'm greedy. I need as many blessings as I can get. So you continue to give God the praise. That's why when a uh, baby girl said, time to get your dance, I was getting my dance on because there was a time I was in the club getting my bounce on. Now I'm in the church getting my bounce on. And getting my bounce on in church leads to blessings. And I, 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 like I said, I need all the blessings I can get. So when you have the opportunity, that's why you saw me getting up every time the choir started singing. Because they, they say when you sing, you pray twice. And so well, I want to make sure I got some of that, that double dose. Because I think when you dance, you, you pray quadruple. Amen. So, and I want a quadruple dose of the blessings. Amen. So as part of, I will talk about some of my bio. Uh, most of you know that I was a pastor in uh, Los Angeles uh, for 19 months. Uh, I did a terrible job. They yanked me out of there. No. Uh, I actually, because of death in, in my family, I, I had to ask for a transfer to be brought closer to Philadelphia, where I'm from, and born and raised in West Philadelphia. And no, Will Smith is only the second famous person that came from West Philadelphia. Amen. I came first. Actually, he came first, but that doesn't matter. Amen. And, and, but as pastor, I, I, I was ordained for the Archdiocese of Philadelphia, and I stayed there for... Um, uh, for five years and I felt a deeper calling and in 2005 uh, Cardinal Regali released me to uh, to discern joining the Josephite community and 
the Josephites uh, accepted me and then made me uh, the first ever novice pastor uh, of St. Joan of Arc Church. At St. Joan of Arc Church, I had uh, uh, a church of about 300 families, and we had a school that went from uh, pre-K to eighth grade. And then I went to, from there, I was a pastor there for 23 months. I must not be, I must be a terrible pastor. Eh? <laughs> and then I got transferred to uh, the newly formed St. Raymond and St. Leo the Great Catholic Church, where we had a school from, uh, part of it, St. Leo the Great School was a uh, area school, you know about that. So it was not part of St. Raymond, St. Leo the Great, per se, it was a, a, a school that was supposed to be with five different parishes uh, that was supposed to join with our school, join with the St. Leo the Great School. Now they said the five different parishes were joining with them, but the, all of them were closed. So really it was St. Raymond and St. Leo the Great School, but they kept the St. Leo the Great name. And so there we had pre-K through seventh grade, and we had the most students. I had 284 students there. And then, uh, now there I was pastor for uh, 12 and a half years. So I must have did a, a decent job there. Amen. Choir, I'm going to have to keep turning. I'm going to keep turning around like this and keep looking at you. Amen. Um, so then I got yanked out like a thief in the night in the middle of the pandemic and sent to Los Angeles, California to Church of the Transfiguration. And there we had a school a small school, but a mighty school with a great tradition from pre-K to eighth grade. And uh, I believe that our Catholic schools are very important. Amen. Amen. And we should not allow the devil to close them. Because when we close a Catholic school, we close the opportunity to assist our sisters and brothers in knowing who we are and whose we are. And I'm going to tell a story about that later in the homily. Amen. But, and the reason why I bring it up now is because I'm talking about, you. I asked how we're doing today, and I did this everywhere I go. So I did it in Rochester. I did it here when I was here last year. When I, um, I believe that you have to have mass with the school children, even though the majority may not be Catholic. But guess what, church? So some of you remember. Thank you very much, Rochester. Guess what, church? What? Uh, I, I forgot what I was going to say. Thank you. <laughs> Just kidding. Um, even though it's not Catholic, we, uh, it's a great evangelization tool. And every year, at some, at some times, we bring whole families into the church on Easter because of the, the witness of the school in the community. So we lose an opportunity to continue to build on the strong Catholic faith, faithful that we have in our parishes. So I believe, so I had mass almost every week, at least bi-weekly in each of the parishes. And I begin my homily just like I began today. It's like I began in Rochester. And I say, how are you doing today? And all the children, 284, wherever I was, where I was, they all would answer blessed because they recognize that they were blessed by the best. They're called to pray for the rest. Even though the devil's trying to stress and create a whole lot of mess in the east, south, and west, but because of who they were, they could not settle for less because Jesus has already passed the test. 
So I say to you again, St. Martin de Porres and Rochester and all our friends will gather. How are we doing today? So you're smarter than a fifth grader. Amen. <laughs> but church, it's understandable why you might not say blessed because you might not feel blessed. It's understandable why there would be a divergent ways of answering that question. Look at all the things that are going on in our world. We, of course, everybody is focused on on the on the on a terrible tragedy of the Hamas terrorist attack in Israel. You know, and everybody's rallying. Israel has a right to defend himself. That's a whole other sermon. I'll talk about that tomorrow. Amen. Uh, all that's going on in our country. Oh, we're so divided. And because there's different ide ideology, the conservatives and the progressives, you can't even say the word liberal anymore because it's such a bad word. Yeah. If you can't say amen, somebody better say ouch. And our, and our country's so divided, Congress can't get themselves together. So we can't pass laws. We're looking for another government shutdown. Look what's going on in our cities. Not here in Buffalo. That's in D.C. and Philadelphia or, or Rochester. Y'all are immune to all the crime and the violence. Earth, Amen. Oh, well, it's just those bad people in the city. Mm. I'm going to save that for tomorrow with some more people here. Amen. Because y'all already know. But all these things going on, and what's going on in our houses, we're worried about our jobs because we're not making enough money as the inflation has slowed down tremendously, but it's still going up. And the wages are staying stagnant or barely going up. We're worried and nervous about many things. We can't, we don't feel blessed. So we're gathered here at St. Martin de Porres Roman Catholic Church. Amen. Amen. On the mountaintop. You know, I'm tired of hearing when you when they say, well, St. Martin de Porres or, or Immaculate Conception and Rochester or wherever, well, that's a, a church, but it's not really Catholic. Dun, 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 dun. Uh -oh. I'm hit the keys for myself. Amen. Because, you know, they bring all that Baptist stuff in the church. The devil's a liar. Pentecost, uh, uh, Jesus founded all the churches. And most of the Baptist churches, where they, all the Baptist churches came from us. And got most of our good members. Dun, 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 dun. That's a whole nother sermon. Just because we don't worship in the 15th century European style of worship does not make us not Catholic. Yeah. It makes us not European. Yeah. I'm not hating, I'm just stating. Y'all gonna hear that again in Rochester, amen. Come on this mountaintop, though, with all the confliction in our world, our country, our city, our church, and in our homes. Yeah. Look at here. Where are young people at? Yeah. 
We couldn't get the young people to come out. You, can, you don't have to stop the young people from eating when they come to eat. They come to eat, don't they? Oh, yes. Y'all got pizza all the time for the young folk. You can make them, you don't have to make them come to church, you have to make them come to eat, you don't have to make them come to church, but you can. Since when? I, 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 that's unfathomable to me because I know you didn't have a choice. I was 19 years old, I didn't have a choice. Go ahead, Father, keep going. Y'all gave me a time limit. Amen. <laughs> Amen. Thank you. All this stuff going on. It, it, it's confusion. Confusion going on. Trying to put, keep asbestos on our fire. Mm -hmm. And we come to the mountaintop because we know great things happen on a mountaintop. They happen in the church. And if we are truly a Catholic church, we've got to bring uh, the document, Sacro Sanctum Concilium, uh, done in 1963, promulgated by Pope, Pope Pius the uh, Sixth, but actually started with John the 23rd. That document says, bring your whole self to the liturgy. And they say, oh, well, I'm going to put my gospel music on at home, but when I go to the church, I'm going to sing Roman chant. Yeah. Uh -oh. Is bring your whole self to the liturgy. Amen. Don't compartmentalize. Share who you are and whose you are. I haven't started preaching yet. I'm just, just I'm trying to set it up. Amen? <laughs> we come to this mountaintop because we know here in the church as Father Chester Smith would say, SVD. In the church, great things happen. We see the miracle every Sunday in the Catholic Church. When we come together, Christ is here. In his word. In a community that gathers together. So wherever two or more gather, in his name, he, he promised to be in our midst. And we know he is a promise keeper. And then in his most perfect way comes to us in his body, blood, soul, and divinity in the Eucharist. And our Baptists and Protest our Protestant sisters and brothers say, well, it's not biblically right. But if you know John's gospel, and you can look in, uh, uh, in uh, Romans, and you can see what Jesus says on that Holy Thursday evening, this is my body, this is my blood. Do this in remembrance of me. And he said that I'm going to be with you to the end of the age. This is his most perfect way of being with us. So we have Jesus Amen. to help us on our journey. That's why we come to the mountaintop. Opening ourselves up to be ready for what God has for us. Bringing our whole selves to the liturgy. <coughs> Recognizing that if we don't bring our whole selves, the Catholic Church can't be Catholic. Because what does Catholic mean? Universal. 1 Corinthians 12, 12, we're many parts of one body. And we need every part. We need the, the Latin chant. You'll hear me uh, chant the prayer tomorrow. 
We need that because we are built on a foundation. But we also need to be able to share the gospel in ways that people can ascend. That's what Acts the Apostles is all about. That whole book that Luke wrote was all about sharing the gospel to non-Jews, to the Gentiles. Guess what, church? That's all of us. None of us were born Jewish. But the door was open to us by Jesus the Christ because they did not fully accept him and said, now all who want to come. I came in John's gospel that all might be one. Somebody say BS. What's the rest of that? Bible study. Come on now. I don't want you inviting the bishop saying I was cursing in church. Man, we're going to go a little over. I haven't even got to what I want to get to yet. But you know that great things happen on the mountaintop. And we come to this Catholic church because of those great things, because Christ is here. We know that even before he came physically to the earth, we saw great things happen on the mountaintop. We saw Moses with the burning bush. We saw the, the Ten Commandments. That's the Old Testament. We saw in the New Testament, the gospel, Luke's gospel, uh, chapter 9, uh, the transfiguration, where Jesus took his, his, his homies, his roadies, his boys, and I don't use the animal words because we're not animals. Amen. The D word. He took his, his buddies, his partners, Peter, John, and James, up the mountaintop, and, they, and he was transfigured before their very eyes on the mountaintop. But guess what, church? good, you're getting better. <laughs> Not only were, was Jesus transformed, they were transformed. Because they witnessed you, when you know, you already know when Jesus shows up and he is, shows you his glory, you cannot be the same. If you can, you didn't see something. You missed it. You can't, when you have an encounter with the Lord, you cannot be the same. That's why I don't understand why we Catholic Christians get, look at folk when they get happy like they crazy. What's wrong with Lula May? I remember one time we, uh, we were having a clergy, a National Black Catholic Clergy Caucus a great gathering. And Father Jim Good, God rest his soul, amen. He started hooping and jumping and, and screaming and hollering and uh, just in a little prayer service. Uh, and uh, there was a, a young seminarian from Jamaica, very aristocratic, very Euro Eurocentric young lad. He looked in horror at Jim Good jumping and screaming. And, like, and Bishop Joseph Perry, good, very conservative, very conservative bishop, looked over and said to the young seminarian, it's okay. He's in the spirit. <laughs> we bring our whole selves to the liturgy. And the transfiguration is just what happened to those, uh, those the, uh, the early apostles. And it happens to us. If we're open, we can have that encounter with the spirit where we don't care about what people say about us. We recognize that the Lord is going to bless us. And we, I'm just excited about what our God can do will do, will do for his people who he has called and witnesses to our call. And all of us are called to something, to be a witness. And so we come to the mountaintop 
expecting to be transformed, to be transfigured, to be transfixed on who we are and whose we are. Because of all the foolishness, we lose sight of how blessed we are, especially as Catholics, because we can receive our Lord. We can be in the presence of the Lord in those three ways. And all, even the good Christian denominations only have two. One of the highlights, how many of you went to Congress this year? Raise your hand if you went to Congress. One of the highlights, you can put your hands down. One of the highlights about, of Congress to me, and probably the biggest one, was Bishop Ricard telling us, because he realized this was one of the uh, architects of the, 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 of the Congresses. He realized that this will probably be his last Congress. 84 years old, five years. He, you could see a few of those there. He wasn't in the greatest of health. I was worried about him the whole time. But he preached. I was, I'm still shocked. I told him, I told him I saw him, you know, because he is our superior general. I said, man, you preached. I was shocked. He looked at me like, <laughs> and so I said psych afterwards you know, to, to make him feel better but actually I was shocked but he said do not let the flame go out do not let the flame go out and that was an inspiration for Sister Roberta and I because everywhere I go I've been talking about that flame that because we've had a flame. You, we always like to say, oh, I remember when St. Martin de Porres was packed and we were rocking. I remember it was, it was flame, the flame with the fire was bright. It was all, and everybody was coming. It wasn't just black folks. It was white folks. It was you know, Hispanics all coming together because we had it going on up in here, up in here. <laughs> and now we struggle Asbestos has been put on our flame. That's why Bishop uh, Ricard was a prophet that day. He said, do not let the flame go out. It's on us. And so our theme for this, I like to call it, because we have the two sessions, but you know, in the, it's morning prayers, morning praise, and then afternoon praise. Amen. Amen. That's the first time I've ever done anything like this. So I hope you're in for a long day. Get your workout on. Amen. Get your workout on, up and down, clapping, hooping and hollering, and thinking of how we can continue to build. On this retreat revival, I want to call it, is what, what we're going to do in this revival. Stoking the flame. Stoking the flame. Because we know how, what God has for us and for those who know who he is. That flame of love that he has put in each and every one of us, that we have acknowledged by our baptism. We've got to stoke that flame so that we can be who we are and whose we are. Stoking the flame, that's our goal. For some of us to begin, for some of us to continue, but for all of us to work and sharing what God has for us. Because we cannot let the flame go out. Because you know if you don't stoke it, it goes out. Amen? Amen. And so, our sub-theme for today, because we're stoking the flame, 
Some of us, even those, you know, when you start your charcoal fire, when you're getting ready to barbecue, that's the biggest one, best one for me, thinking about barbecue. When you start the fire, sometimes you see an area what, where the fire's going out. What do you do? You, you relight it. Put some fuel in. Not too much because you'll burn, you'll burn yourself up. Just enough. Well, our sub-theme for this session is relight my fire. Because some of us, our flames have gone down. And they're a little dim. Some because some from because of outside influences. We worried about what folk gonna say about us. We worry about what the diocese might do to us. Some of us we allow it to go down because we're tired. We've been doing this for 20 years. We've been doing this for 30 years. Some of y'all for 40, 50 years. And so we need to stoke the flame. We need to have to relight that that fire, that's, that spark, so it can grow and be what God has asked us to be. So, we are asking God to relight my fire so that we can continue to be who we are and whose we are. So we have to talk about the glory days. We can make today the glory days of St. Martin de Porres, of Immaculate Conception, or wherever you may go to worship. And so I was thinking about that, and Relight my fire, and I'm going to ask you to please stand for the gospel. And the gospel I'm going to read to you is from Luke's gospel, chapter 24, verses 13 through 35, and I'll give you a chance to write it down once we sit, once we sit down. But you see, I am getting up in age. I got to put on my glasses to read. Amen. But actually, I, could, I think I'd do better without them. The Lord be with you. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to Luke. Now that very day, two of them were going to a village seven miles from Jerusalem called Emmaus. And they were conversing about all the things that had occurred. And it happened that while they were conversing and debating, Jesus himself drew near and walked with them. But their eyes were prevented from recognizing him. He asked them, what are you discussing as you walk along? They stopped, looking downcast. One of them, named Cleopas, said to him in reply, are you the only visitor to Jerusalem who does not know of the things that have taken place there in these days? And he replied to them, what sort of things? They said to him, the things that happened to Jesus the Nazarene, who was a prophet mighty in deed and word before God and all the people. How our chief priests and rulers both handed him over to a sentence of death and crucified him. But we were hoping that he would be the one to redeem Israel. And besides all this, it is now the third day since this took place. Some women from our group, however, have astounded us. They were at the tomb early in the morning and did not find his body. They came back 
and reported that they had indeed seen a vision of angels who announced that he was alive. Then some of those with us went to the tomb and found things just as the women had described, but him they did not see. They did not see. And he said to them, O foolish, O how foolish you are, slow of heart to believe all that the prophets spoke. Was it not necessary that the Messiah should suffer these things and enter into his glory? Then beginning with Moses and all the prophets, he interpreted to them what referred to him in all the scriptures. As they approached the village to which they were going, he gave the impression that he was going on farther. But they urged him, stay with us, for it is nearly evening and the day is almost over. So he went in to stay with them. And it happened that while he was with them at table, he took bread and said the blessing, broke it, and gave it to them. Somebody should have said amen to that. Amen. Somebody else should have said Eucharist. Eucharist. With that, their eyes were open. Hmm. Hope you caught that. With that, their eyes were open, and they recognized him, but he vanished from their sight. Then, the, then they said to each other, were not our hearts burning within us? While he spoke to us on the way and opened the sacred scriptures to us, so they set out at once and returned to Jerusalem, where they found gathered together the eleven, and those with them who were saying, The Lord has truly been raised and has appeared to Simon. Then the two recounted what had taken place on the way, and how he was made known to them in the breaking of the bread. My sisters and brothers, the gospel of the Lord. You can be seated now. Church, sacred scripture gives us our charge this morning and why we are called to keep stoking the flame and why we need to ask the Lord to relight my fire. I told you, Luke's Gospel, chapter 24, verse 13 through 35, you know that pericope well. The appearance on the road to Emmaus is called in, in its title. Uh, the Dr. Luke recounts what happens with the two disciples who are just like us in this moment. They were B, B, and D. Broke, busted, and and disgusted, amen, because they thought the one was dead. The movement was over. The restoration had failed. We here in our society, we, uh, our cities are in peril. 
Our country is divided. In the pericope from Luke's Gospel, chapter 24, verses 13 through 35, we, we see these two disciples are feeling just like us at this moment on the road, like we are on the road, on our journey. And in verse 13, uh, um, it, it's so nice, I'm going to sock it to you twice. Uh, it, it says, now that very day, the two of them were going to a village seven miles from Jerusalem called Emmaus. And the two on that very day, what had happened, you know, they, they told us what happened. Uh, uh, they thought it was over. They didn't know what was really going on on the inside. It hadn't been revealed to them yet. Some scripture scholars say that there was the, that occurred 18 miles, not seven miles. So sacred scripture, she's on the main line, not the cell phone. Turn it off. <laughs> when I lean back, you hit it. Amen. <laughs> Amen. What happens? 18 miles, 7 miles. So you see, even scripture scholars are divided. Somebody say, BS. But that's right. You say BS, you say Bible study afterwards in case somebody forgets. And we're going to do this again this afternoon and tomorrow. So, you know, with the live stream will be on. I don't want to, you know, they'll be writing Bishop Recar and I won't be able to go anywhere. Amen. And see, cussing the church. So we say BS, you say Bible study. Amen. They were walking and talking about the day's events. You know, you know how we do. Oh, Lord, what's going to happen to us now? You know, it's this, this, you know, we see all the terrible things happening. We are in so much trouble. Lord, help us. We are, oh, God, what's going on? I, I, I ain't got this. I ain't got that. We're so worried. We're so caught up in the confusion. We can't see where our help cometh from. And you see that. Scripture is telling us that this, this pericope really is our journey. They talk about the day's events, and then in verse 15 it says, And it happened that, that while they were conversing and debating, Jesus himself drew near and walked with them. He walked with them, and verse 16 says, they could, they, Their eyes could not recognize him. They couldn't see him. Why couldn't they see him? Just like us, we don't see him. We so worried, oh Lord, gonna, the diocese is going to close my church. If I don't do this, I don't do that. I'm so worried, I can't see. Jesus is here. And that's why we come. And if Jesus is here, then we should be excited. They think they're going to close my church, but when we rise up, when we wake up, uh-oh, wake up, oh, we wake up as... Our church is going to be filled. They can't close us. We're, we're Catholic. We're part of the church. But they can't see our fire. They couldn't, have, they couldn't see it then. So in verse 17, Jesus said to them, what are you discussing as you walk along? It's the scripture, they, they stopped looking downcast. Jesus, what's, Jesus, what's up? What's going on? 
What do we do when somebody says, what's going on? Oh, well, you know, my back hurt. My boss has got one, neck in, uh, one, neck, one foot on my neck and a hand in my pocket. I got Bebe's kids. They don't die, they multiply. I, I, my husband won't act right. My wife won't listen. I don't have a husband or wife. My significant other won't come to church. We're always going through what, all the terrible things are going on when folk ask myself, oh, well, you know, they killed 12 people last night. And sometimes, you know, and that's a terrible thing. And so, they, so when Jesus asks, what's up? They, they, they try to break it down to him. In verse 18, it's a, one of them named Cleopas. Now, scripture scholars say that the Cleopas was the man, but the, the other one was a woman. Man and woman walking together, walking together, being downtrodden. When they're supposed to be lifting each other up, they, they worried and scurred, as we used to say in New Orleans. He said, are you the only visitor to Jerusalem who does not know of these things that have taken place in these days? There in these days? <clears throat> are you the only one that don't know what time it is? You ever seen a person in, in the parish that's, that's always happy? You say, well, how can they always be happy? Don't you know what's going on? I, I always remember, and this is what I learned from the, the Protestant church. I was about 19 years old. My, uh, my great uncle was a preacher in Newark. A preacher in Newark. And um, I'm going to let you live. Uh, a preacher in Newark. And he died and had his funeral. And I only saw the man two times in my life, so I didn't get anything from him. Uh, and from, and, and so that's where he got all this from. No, I, I never saw him at church. Uh, uh, but we went to his funeral, and my aunt died. At his funeral, she was standing up. She was praising God, shouting and waving her hand. And I'm looking at, I said to my mom, I said, my mom and my aunt were with us. Uh, my second cousin, I called my aunt. She said, I said, Jesse, what's wrong with Aunt Dot? Uncle Bill's dead. She's shouting and jumping around and all that. And of course, you know, I didn't want to, I never asked why. Then, I never, you know, I controls and went about my business. But I realized now, a few years as a Catholic priest, why Aunt Dot was shouting and waving her hand. Because she knew where her husband is. Present tense, is. She was shouting because she was excited because of the victory he had won. And, and, and so when we sit back and look, oh, they dead, they gone on, what am I do? You got another angel looking out for you in heaven. You better get excited and say, thank you, Lord, thank you, Lord, and whoever, hook me up because you on the other side and can do more for me on that side than you could do for me on this side. We Catholics say we believe. Hmm. We say we believe, uh, and it's human to be upset. Don't get me wrong. But in the, in the middle of your being upset, you better give some praise to God. But guess what, church? We fall off a little bit there. It, it's, not, it's no different than Cleopas and the other disciple. They thought it was over because Jesus was dead. 
they were down and they didn't know what we know. They come in. Let me, let me keep on going. Somebody say BS. So you say BS, and then you say BS, and then you say Bible study, okay? So, so we be uniformed. That's my military training, amen. I just want to see you were with me. Amen, amen. And so, they said to him in verse 19b to 20, the things that happened to Jesus Nazarene, who was a prophet mighty indeed and word before God and all the people. How our chief priests and rulers handed him over to a sentence of death and crucified him. They were caught up. How could you not know all that that was going on? Just like uh, uh, all that's going on. Sometimes we say people don't know our trials. They don't know. They know our trials. They know our struggles. But still we can give, we can still rejoice. And then they go on and uh, in verse tw in 21 it says, but we were hoping that he would be the one to redeem Israel. And besides all this, it is now the third day since this took place. We thought it was over. We thought he was the one. And now he's dead. Now we're B, B, and D for real. Church, they were disappointed. And rightfully so, because they didn't know what was going on. Have you ever been disappointed by the gospel? Yes. I'm going to answer for you. Because, oh, I didn't get that job I wanted. I didn't get that, uh, that promotion. I didn't get that, that, that hookup. And I, I, I didn't get that woman. I didn't get that man. I didn't get that whatever. And you say, I, 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 you know, or the, I didn't get the pastor I wanted. I didn't get, you know, we go on and on how we have been disappointed in the church. But you don't know. Like, I have a lot of questions. When I get to glory, I, I got some, I'll tell you, the most generic one I've ever been disappointed. I'm going to ask, who shot JFK? <laughs> Who's, because I, I've always, it's just a, a side, I've always, like, it's always been intriguing to me. I was, uh, I think, three years old when he was killed. And so I don't have any memory uh, of him besides what we see on TV. And one of my coworkers one time, when I was working for the government, said, uh, the best thing John F. Kennedy did was take a bullet. Good Catholic. You can hit it again, I'm sorry. Good Catholic said that. And I said, why would, I'm thinking, why would you, you know, to me that was like stabbing Martin Luther King. Like, what? Like, what? Like, come on now. So I've always wanted to been curious. So I want to ask that question. You know, my mother would say, you can't question God. Well, I'm telling them now, if I get the glory, I got a whole bunch of questions. A whole bunch of them. But, because you can question them, but just don't turn away from the answer. Amen. Amen. So... <laughs> And then they were on the verse 22. So, uh, some women have reported that they went to the tomb early in the morning. And, and when they went to the, the tomb, they found an empty grave. Oh, somebody should have said amen to that. Amen. Uh, they found an empty grave. Amen. I'm going to help you. Amen. With the angels saying that uh, you're looking for Jesus, if I may use a colloquialism, he ain't here, he's alive. 
And then in verse 24, then some of us, talking about the men, went and saw it was just as the women had said. They should have listened to the women the first time. They didn't see him. Christians, but don't you try this at home. Believers, don't do this. In verse 20, 25, B, Jesus said, how foolish you are. You call, see, that's a problem with our, with our politics, our society right now. We're quick to call somebody a name. And that's all of us, amen. Because I, I, let me tell you, I call certain people, divider-in-chief, many names. <laughs> How foolish you are. How slow of heart to believe all that the prophets spoke. Was it not necessary that the Messiah should suffer these things and enter into his glory? <laughs> you cannot do this like Christ did it. But you can break it, break it deep to them, break it down. Because then in, in verse 27, they had a lot of BS. <laughs> From Moses, Christ opened, broke open the word and interpreted all that was said about him in the sacred scriptures. And so verse 28, 29, he acted like he was going on further. And they asked him to stay because it's getting dark. And so in verse 30, here comes the good part. Somebody better shout amen after this. And, so, and it happened that while he was with them at table, he took bread, said the blessing, broke it, and gave it to them. Church in verse 31 it says what should happen to us every time we come to this house gather in his name and we come up and the religious sister or brother or the extraordinary minister of holy communion or the priest says the body of Christ you say amen, amen. yes this is true yes I believe yes I know that this is, a, this is Jesus and I know that it's going to be alright I, I don't know how but I know somehow the Lord's going to work out all the stuff that I'm going through I, I can lean back and say, thank you, Jesus, when I receive him. Because my eyes are now opened once again. Verse 30, you might not get it yet. You're going to get it on the way home. Make sure you pull over. I don't want you to have an accident on the highway. Amen. Verse 32, then they said to each other, what happens to us every time we recognize who Jesus is, were not our hearts burning were not our hearts burning, not just the flame up there, were not our hearts burning within us while he spoke to us on the way and opened the scriptures to us. You know what that's like. Oh, I wish I, can I get it? There you go. 
I got to come out for a minute. You know what it's like. Late in the midnight hour. When you didn't know who to call. You couldn't call your mom and daddy. You couldn't call your sister and brother. You, 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 you couldn't call Pookie because you know where he was. You couldn't call on Tyrone because Erica still had his phone. You, you couldn't call on Shaniqua because she was in the club backing it up. Uh, uh, you couldn't call on, and no, you didn't know who to call on. And then somehow you recognized, you called on the name of Jesus. And when you called on the name of Jesus, uh, you, you didn't know what was going to happen, but you knew something was going to happen. When you called on Jesus, all of a sudden you got lifted up because you knew that I, I, you serve a promise keeper, uh, a, a, a lawyer that never lost a case, a, a doctor that never lost a patient. You uh, serve, you called on Jesus, and you knew something. Somehow, you didn't know how, but you knew somehow. You didn't know when, but you knew somehow God was going to work it out. You knew that God was going to do it because he didn't bring you and I this far to abandon you. You know what I'm talking about. I know y'all don't get it for real. Because if you did, you'd be on your feet on that. But here, here, here we go. I'm going to keep on going. I'm almost done. Somebody say, take your time, Father. See, church, in, in, in verse 33, Jesus answered the call to relight their fire. Be they had to move. Well, Father, why do you say that? Because what happened? In verse 33, he said they got up and went out in haste. You know what we Catholic Christians do? We deliberate. We, we, we conjugate. We castigate. We got to break open the gate and get out and be where God has called us to be, to be a witness to, so others can see. That's what those two on the road to Emmaus, they said, oh, we got to clear. Come on, girl. We got to go. We got to go back and tell them what we've seen. We've seen and heard. We've seen Jesus made known to us in the breaking of the bread. You're worried and you want the fire to be relit. Christ relights our fire. He stokes the flame so that we can get up and get out of our seats and be a witness to who we are and whose we are so we can take Jesus out of the building because we are the church. We are the Catholic church. We are the church that we are the arms and legs of Jesus the Christ. And we can go out and transform this world. We can go out and light a fire where it's needed to be lit. And that's what they did, didn't they? They went back. They went back to, uh, to Jerusalem. Remember, it was dark. They, had, they were coming in because they were scared. It was late. But when, they, when uh, Jesus lit, relit their fire, they weren't scared anymore. They, they weren't worried about the religious leaders th that, were gonna, that might get them. They weren't worried about the robbers that might hit them on the head. They weren't worried about the, the long journey, 7 or 18 miles, whatever it was. They didn't have to get back to Jerusalem. And let the, the fellas know that Jesus is alive. To let them know that the church is still able to walk. And so they went on back to Jerusalem. And what happened when they got there? Uh, you see, our Lord does not leave us abandoned. We, we, no, Dr. Martha King Jr. said it best. No one of us can do what all of us can do together. And so when they got back, they were thought they would have something to tell you. When they got back, they couldn't even talk. What happened in verse 34? It says, uh, when they walked in, they came in and uh, they got in that room. And you know it wasn't easy. 
But they got in that room. What happened? They said before they could say something. Hey, guess what, y'all? Y'all just got here. Jesus has alive. He appeared to Simon. And so all that we were worried about is over. All that we were afraid about is done. We can get excited now because Jesus is alive. And so what did they do? They said, Oh, you're not the. He ain't the only one. We saw Jesus. He came to us and he was made known to us in the breaking of the bread. Church, this is our moment. This is our time. We want the Lord to relight our fire so we can continue stoking the flame that we said we would do by our baptism. We would do our baptism. I, I, I know I got to hurry up. I, I, can I get five more minutes? Okay. I, I know y'all, I'm hungry, so I, I know y'all hungry, but we're going to, give me, give me, give me, give me 10 more minutes, all right, all right, 10 more minutes. I'm just following the schedule, amen. But you know what I'm talking, we, I, I just don't understand sometimes how we can be so downtrodden. Yeah, it's, it's hard. It's hard out here for a Christian. But guess what? What is it? The late reaction? It's hard out here for a Christian, but Jesus makes a way to make it light, to make that burden light. He makes that way out of nowhere. And, and, so, and so Cleopas and the other disciple went back to, they thought they had something that nobody else knew, but they, when they went back and shared it, they found that they all, folk already knew. That's what we're called to do. Folk already know. That's why we got to relight our fires so that we all can get, because if you know the story, they, that, that didn't, they were still scared after that. How could that happen? How could they still be afraid after that? After all they've seen, we would never do that, would we? We do it all the time, don't we? But guess what? <laughs> Amen. Be bold about it. Amen. God, God knows our, he knows our hearts, he knows our minds, and he's ready to help us. To help us so you can be afraid. In verse 35, after they recounted what had happened in the way, they told their story, church. They told, they had to tell their story of their encounter with Jesus. The 11 had to tell their story with their encounter in Jesus. Guess what, church? Very good. You've got to tell your story, your encounter with Jesus. Because somebody needs to know. Somebody needs to have their flame, their flame rekindled. Their fire relit. With all that is occurring in our world, in our country, in our city, in our church, in our state, in our homes, in times like these, we need a savior. In times like these, in times like these, we need our light relit. We need to ask God to relight my fire. We must educate, educate each other, educate those who do not know. 
It's so important. Education is so important. You got to tell your story. I'm going to tell you one, one quick story. I may have told this before in Rochester, but if, you, if I did, don't, don't give it away yet. Amen. There was a young boy named Mortimer, a Jewish child, very relevant to today, amen, who was, he's about eight years old. How, how old are you, sweetheart? Twelve? Yeah, Mortimer's eight years old, so he's a little older than you, a little younger than you, excuse me. But he had a problem with math. He failed math all the time. So his mother tried everything. She tried capital punishment. <laughs> all y'all against capital punishment now. Amen. You know why. <laughs> she tried capital punishment. She tried tutors. She tried incentives. She tried everything. And she said, he kept failing math. So she said, well, you know what? What can I do? So as a last resort, she sent him to Catholic school. Remember, I told you we're going to talk about Catholic school later. So Mortimer comes home from the first day of Catholic school, runs up to his room, and starts, and starts studying. Mom had to call him down so he could eat his supper. You know, so when Mortimer came down and had his supper and went right back up to his room and continued studying. You know I'm going to say amen. And then he did that every day for the first quarter. He came home with his report card placed it down and ran up the steps and started studying some more. His mother, with great trepidation, opens the report card. She sees science, A, reading, A, gym, A, religion, A. She gets down to math. What do you think she saw? How many say A? I mean, say something else. She went to, it was Catholic school. It was an A. And she said, Mortimer, Mortimer, get down here. She said, I tried everything. I tried corporal punishment. I tried tutoring. I tried incentives. I, I tried everything. And not only, you went to that Catholic school, not only are you passing, but you got an A. Was it the uniform? She said, no, mom. Was the scheduling? I said, no, mom. Or was it the, uh, the nuns? I said, no, mom. She said, Mortimer, we tried everything. What in the world happened that you went from failing to an A in math? He said, mom, when I went to that school and sat down and looked at my desk and saw that man nailed to a plus sign, I knew they meant business. <laughs> didn't know what you and I know. That that man nailed to the plus sign is, is more than just a man nailed to a plus sign. That man took a criminal's death and made it positive. That man who took, who left his throne of grace and became like us in all things except sin to follow an elaborate plan of salvation was, on the, was nailed to that plus sign. That that was more than a plus sign. It was a means to salvation. Somebody should be saying amen to this. Yeah. 
I, I, I don't know about you, but uh, the world desperately needs to know what you and I supposedly know, that Jesus the Christ is the answer, no matter what the question might be. You have a story to tell how the Lord worked in your life that nobody else knows. It's time for you to testify, to signify, to magnify, to glorify, to exemplify, to amplify, so the message of Christ can be shared and the world can be transformed and the fire can be relit. Church, we must evaluate where the flame needs to be stoked. We must educate so that the flame can be reignited. We must elevate so that our fire can give his light where there's darkness. We must excavate all the asbestos that is trying to extinguish the fire. We must amalgamate all the flames to come together to make a big bonfire, a conflagration of love. We gotta say, relight my fire. Relight my fire. Give me a Relight my fire. Your love. They say, your love. Relight my fire. Your love is my only desire. Relight my fire so I can walk right, so I can talk right, so I can sing right, so I can shout right, so I can dance right, so I can be right. Relight my fire, Lord, so I can stoke the flame. So I can bring the fire together so we can have a mighty conflagration. Uh, it won't burn up, it will raise up. The mighty conflagration that won't tear up, it will build up. A mighty conflagration that will help us to be up to where God wants us to be. This is our moment, church. This is our time. We ought to rise up, stoking the flame. We ought to rise up, sweet and light my fire. We ought to rise up and testify. Rise up and magnify. Rise up and glorify. Rise up and exemplify. Rise up so we can fly like an eagle. Rise up so we can transform. Transform this world. Rise up so we can be a flame, not just on the altar, but everywhere we go. Rise up so we can be what God has asked us to be. Rise up. Rise up. Rise up. Relight my fire so I can stoke the flame. The flame of joy. The flame of peace. The flame of love. Relight my fire so that we can dance, which we'll do in the next, the next session. Relight my fire as we stoke the flame. That was Father Anthony Bozeman, the keynote speaker at the Revival 2023. Stoking the Flame, held in October at St. Martin de Porres Church. And I'm Sister Roberta Fulton once again saying thank you for listening to our podcast mini-series celebrating National Black Catholic History Month. May God bless you. Mm -hmm.